You are listening to another Shear from the Amr Week program brought to you by the St. Louis Kailal. Good morning, Sukkah. Chaf Ches Amen Aleph. It gives us an incident about Rabbi Elazar that his Talmudim asked him 30 Shilas and, and he said he answered some of them and he said the other ones I didn't hear. And he goes on to say that one of the things that made him extraordinary was that he never said over anything that he hadn't heard from his Rebbe. Now, this is a remarkable comment because we should think that Rebbe Elazar was, was Rebbe Google. Um, what, he, 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 he was simply, he had a good memory, he, he was a repository for data. Uh, it seems inconceivable because Rebbe Elazar, we know, was called Rebbe Elazar Hagadol. That's how his contemporaries referred to him. That's how later generations referred to him. He was the one in Pergiabos. It said if you put him on one side of a, uh, a scale, and then all the Chachmei Yisrael on the other side of the scale, that he would outweigh them all. So it's inconceivable to think that he simply was a, he had a photographic memory. He had lots and lots of information. Um, what, I, what I think we might be able to say, uh, and it's interesting because um, if you look then you know, through Rashi, particularly in Chumash, but I think occasionally in, in, in Talmud as well. Every once in a while, Rashi has a remarkable comment. He says, Layadati, I don't know. Uh, why does Rashi feel it's important to tell us what he doesn't know? Because Rashi wants us to understand that everything he says has a makor. Either it's, it's learned straight out of the Pasuk, or it has, it has a chazal that's the basis for it. Rashi doesn't want us to think that that he is simply making stuff up, or that it's his interpretation. Every once in a while he also says, right, Ani Omer, or Omer Ani, I say. It's Rashi saying it's my opinion. But he wants us to know that if he doesn't say it's his opinion, and if he says it, then that's just the way it is. That's the Messiah. That's what's coming out of the Pesukim themselves, or from the words of Chazal, and it's not open to discussion. And I think we could say the same principle concerning Rabbi Elazar, that he was never mafalpal. He never made derivations from things or, ex, or extrapolations. You know, as he saw the words of his Rabbanu in every psaac he said, and he saw how their words applied to situations so that he never had to concern himself, maybe I'm stretching, maybe I'm reaching. No, he could recognize the teachings of his own Rabbanu in the words, in the psaac, in the halachas that he taught. And if he couldn't, he wouldn't say it. Now, the Gemara goes on to tell us about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who was the Rebbe of Rabbi Elazar. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, we're told, was the least of Hillel's Talmudim. He had eight Talmudim, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was the least of them. And this is also extraordinary, because who is Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai? He is the one who snuck out of Jerusalem during the siege of the Romans. He approached the, the general who was about to become the emperor of Vespasian. He convinced him to spare Yavna, and he did it in a, in a way that, that he wouldn't be suspected of, of, of manipulating, of, of making plans that the Romans would see as, as, uh, as dis, disloyal. Because Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai saved Torah for Klal Yisrael, and his five Talmudim, among whom Rabbi Elazar was one, those are the five Talmudim through whom all our Masorah comes. 
So it's an extraordinary thing to say that he was the least of Hillel's Talmudim. If there were 79 Talmudim who were greater than Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, how come we don't hear nearly as much about them? How come they don't seem to have had nearly as much influence on the Masorah as Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai? And in the list of his accomplishments, I don't even understand most of the things they're talking about. Uh, parables of foxes and, 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 uh, and all sorts of strange mystic language of palm trees. I mean, all kinds of things, but when it gets to the end, it, it adds two things on the list. The Gemara says, also Dover cotton, the Dover Godel. What's a Dover? What's a Dover Godel? What's a great matter? It's a Meiser Merkava, right? Understanding the, the heavenly spheres. I'm not even going to pretend like I can understand or talk about what that means. But what's the Dover, what's the Dover cotton? What's the little thing? It's Havius Rava Babai. Right? It's, the, it's the back and forth between Rava and Abai. Right? Rava and Abai were the penultimate. A generation of um, of Amoraim, right? Penultimate means the next to the last, right? Rev Ashti, the redactor of the Gemara, came after them. But that's why Rav and Abaya find their way onto almost every page of Gemara, because their discussions are a distillation of all of the discussions and debates and and and, and sources that came before them. And that's why they're so critical. And it's that that elemental involvement. With the, with, the, with the arguments, with the debates, with the discussions, with the reasoning, with the logic, with uh, everything that makes up our Limud Torah, that's what we get through Rava and Abayah. And that's what Rabbi Yochanan and Ben Zakkai, who, who actually <laughs> um, came before them, right? It, it means that, that he was part of the Masorah that promoted that. He was as involved in, in that level, that style of, of, of intellectual um, understanding that, that set the stage, that, that led to what we have in front of us, Ravana Bhai, that make up the essence of our Talmud. And to understand why that is so fundamental, why that's so critical, well, that perhaps defines Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai more than anything else we hear about him. I want to tell you a word from the Noam Elimelech. Um, at the end of Parshas Yisra, right, the Torah says, almost as an afterthought, it, it doesn't seem to be connected, there's just a few pasukim that talk about the Mizbeach in the Mishkan. And, and the, the briefly mentions the, the Kohanim's offerings and the design of the Mizbeach. And the final pasuk in, in the Parsha it says, Do not ascend up steps to my altar, that you should not reveal your nakedness upon it. Rather, the Rahanim had a ramp. That way they would go gradually, they wouldn't go up by steps. The Noah of Elimelech says this. He says, When we want to go up to the Mizbeach of Hashem, we want to higher and higher. We want to get to that level where we are carbonous ourselves, where we are so connected to Hashem that we can be shyach to the, the Meiser Merchava. We can, we, can, we can achieve, we can grab hold of the great secrets, the intensity, the, the mystical depths. When we, when we, if we want to reach that level, don't go, don't go in steps. Don't, don't try to, to go in big leaps or big jumps because you will reveal your nakedness, you will reveal the place where you are vulnerable, and you will be judged on a level that you really haven't worked your way up to, and you'll bring disaster upon yourself. Rather, 
go up a ramp, go gradually, bit by bit, level by level, slowly, with determination, with consistency. That's the way to go up, to reach the Mizbeach of Hashem. And how do you do it, says the Noemali Melech, that's what we see at the beginning of the next parsha, parsha's mishpatim. It says va'ele hamishpatim. What's that connective vav? What's the and? These are the mishpatim. It means what's the way to go up gradually to the mizbeach? Is through the mishpatim. We're always looking. We want to be inspired. We want we want helegavertlach. We want inspirational ideas. We want we want things that light up our eyes. And yeah, we need that. But it's the slow, incremental, determined persistent work of Ben Adam L'chavera, right? the Mishpatim, being considerate of the people around us, being thoughtful not to, not to um, put someone else's money at risk, not to steal other people's time, not to disturb other people when they're involved in their avoda and their lives. Little things like, like paying our debts on time by not by turning our cell phones off when we're in shear or in davening, by always being aware of how our little actions are affecting those around us and affecting the world we live in. Those little things, that's like the dover cotton. That's like the back and forth of Rav and Abaya. That attention to detail, when it's meticulous, when it may not be inspiring, when it may not be bright and bold and, 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 and exciting. No, that's great. We need that too. But we need the attention to detail. That's the quality that made Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, even though he was the least of Hillel's Talmidim, he understood how to pass on the Messorah, how to reach down to the next generation, how to connect and perpetuate the transmission of the essentials of Torah, that would allow Torah to survive, that would create the Masorah and the legacy that we've inherited, and that guide us in the way that we can give, by giving attention to the little things, that we can achieve the great things in our avodah.